0: what keys scumbag it's the universal symbol for keys
1: this is the extra hot great podcast episode 90 for the week of july 16th 2012 I am chatty Denny's waitress, David T. Cole, and I'm here with exasperated fixer, Joe Reed. And capital knocker, Tara Ariana.
2: I am the one who knocks.
1: Shake it, madam.
3: <laughs> I am. This week, we all get to be the ones who knock, because yes. we all get to talk about Breaking Bad, which yes. is back, hooray, for its fifth season. Yes. Um I feel like we should talk about this in two stages. Okay. First, that opening scene before the credits. Yep. And second, everything else, because Mm -hmm. that opening scene before the credits was very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um, in that, A, we don't know how much longer in the future it takes place, except that it's his 52nd birthday, but yep. the way time has moved on the show, I could probably go back and piece it together, but I have no idea.
2: I also don't know if it's his actual 52nd birthday or the 52nd birthday of the person whose fake ID he has. Oh, uh, right. That is true, because it was But not, in any uh, case, I hope you'll yeah. all come see my band this weekend, 52 Bacon.
1: <laughs> Brings up an interesting question, is when you get... Was that, was that a Grand Slam he ordered?
3: Yeah, I, I think Here so. was the distinction that I made when I wrote my recap. Uh, I believe a Grand Slam has a pancake involved uh, somewhere. I think you're right. So I feel like if he asked for a Grand Slam, he was being shortchanged. So this <laughs> might have been like whatever, the slimmed down carb light version. of. Well, so he here's here's four pieces of toast. Well, that's true.
1: to did have four pieces of toast. Here's a glimpse into how I tackle things I watch, how uh-huh. I analyze it. I'm really curious if you ordered that from Denny's, whatever that dish was. Right. You get five pieces of bacon because I was trying to figure out okay how many pieces because he takes all the bacon and he rips it in half yes. and then he makes you know um, a digital you know clock radio fifty two for the five five, five pieces, pieces for, for the, the two. so it's, and five pieces of bacon seems like a weird number to get usually you get like three or four maybe yeah. you got extra bacon maybe for you got burger. extra bacon. maybe
3: he swapped it is his birthday his maybe he decided extra to, bacon. to treat himself yeah
1: what I'm what I'm wondering though. Yes. Is if I went to Denny's and I ordered that dish, would I be getting five slices of bacon? (laughs) Is it true? Is it accurate? Yeah. Because these are the things I watch a TV show for (laughs) bacon
2: quantity. If you made a stink (laughs) and said, (laughs) I saw on Breaking Bad, the show you obviously paid for product placement on because you're so proud to be featured on it alongside all the meth.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Also,
1: what Denny's still looks like that? Yeah. That Denny's looked really like. The
3: interior of that, I was very surprised when they moved to the exterior and I was like, oh, a Denny's that doesn't look like a Denny's. Like, I will also go to Denny's is when if,
2: she said you get free.
1: Oh, there this would be the
3: final word on Bacon Gate. But if I go
1: to Denny's and I order that dish, yes. yeah, I'm a vegetarian, but I'll order it for research, for science, you know, for the podcast. I'll,
2: I'll eat your bacon.
1: If I don't get five slices of bacon, mm-hmm. what does that tell us about the show? Are we talking about another Tommy Westfall? moment <laughs> <laughs> these are the kind of things i'm wondering Calls you're saying in, in, a, in
2: a beautiful utopian future everybody gets five pieces of bacon with their denny's entrees <laughs> exactly i love it
3: but we should also mention um, well that's
2: it for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for
3: but there was a very ominous uh clearly ominous foreboding uh thing that we saw in the flash forward which is as we know Walt's wearing hipster glasses
2: yeah, Dave. Dave commented that if he what? needed glasses, those would be the glasses. What he would happens get.
3: to him
1: that he needs hipster well, glasses? Well, wait a minute. On the moment of hipster, on, on the topic of hipster glasses, that I thought those glasses were nice and so far I thought they split the difference between mm-hmm. hipster glasses and a respectable and, normal yeah. kind okay. of everyday man's, you know. Pair of glasses. And I, I thought
3: that I just was. hope we get an episode where we get to go through his decision-making process and yeah. why he got those glasses. I
2: just remember that when Jessica Morgan used to write the Ugly Betty recaps at uh-huh. Television Without Pity, yes, she commented that she used to wish there were a show called Subtle Makeover, <laughs> where people get a makeover and you're not really totally sure what they did. They don't need the extreme. Versions. And then you're like, just... it's your eyebrows. They look great. And so she, what? Well, I think. One well, of that the should actually be, be a
3: game show because it should be somebody who gets a subtle makeover, <laughs> comes out, and three of their best friends are lined up. And yes. ha- somebody has to guess it. Right. And be like, it's your shirt. Right. It's your co- You and don't normally wear your collar that way wait,
2: And then they're like, nope, correct bra size. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think glasses are the kind of thing where they just got they, they really transform your face more than you can. Can we you you also really do. just
1: put a pin in this and remember there's just a mini coming up <laughs> this week that mm-hmm. has I want to talk about that. Okay.
3: okay. okay. Yep. All right. All right. But obviously the thing <laughs> is that he's got cancer again, clearly. It's seems. That's what you think? He's coughing and taking pills. I they're certainly leading us down that road.
2: I'm coughing and taking pills. Well,
3: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I've been porking just... up cancer all day.
3: <laughs> I don't have cancer. Yeah. No, when he just did the little cough, I was like, "Ooh, cancer." And then he actually yeah. took out the pills and I was like, "Well, they're just they're not even trying to be subtle about this." So that made me think, "Well, maybe it's a misdirection." Right. But certainly that's the Big neon sign that they want us to notice from that bathroom scene.
1: Projection, production note that was Tara blowing her nose in the <laughs> background.
2: I'm going to try hearing... and do my best to do it off yeah. mic, but I, I really am. I'm pretty sick. Yep.
1: Listen, it's good. It's all good.
3: <clears throat> um, it, was so, an, I,
1: I, it was an intriguing opening. It was. Yeah. I was very I thought very that was yeah. probably the most interesting part of the episode. For sure. mm-hmm.
3: I thought the rest of the episode was good. I think season openers tend to be less dynamic than... Well, how do you follow up that finale, oh right? God. I mean, it's going to
1: pale in comparison.
3: Well, and it was literal, like not literal, it was... Specifically, house cleaning from that episode. Yes. That they had to, there was a loose end, one specific loose end with the security video, and they had to take care of it in the most cartoon supervillain way possible, by the way. Yes. You'll use giant magnets, which I kind of, I just loved. I it,
1: it it, yeah. That, in that moment, it was like, oh, yay, they brought some science back into the show after sort of, you know, because it went from the chemistry teacher to the drug dealer in the yeah. course of a season and a half, you know, yeah. after the first one. And so it was nice to see that back. But yeah, it was sort of, um, The weather
3: dominator machine is next. It
1: was. (laughs) It it seemed like it could have been like a scene out of the Spider-Man cartoon from the 60s. You know what I mean? Well, what
2: I said when the cop noticed that everything was flying up to the wall was like, oh, fuck, Magneto's outside.
1: (laughs) Yeah. but That was enjoyable. Yeah.
2: I thought the theme where Jesse kept suggesting it and getting ignored went on a hair too long. It did, but it played
3: on the fact that Walt and Mike... Like, I feel like it was goofy in the context of something real in the show, which mm-hmm. is that um, Walt and Mike continue to have this sort of battle for Jesse's soul. Yes. And uh, I'm so glad. Oh, by he's the way, spoiler. Like, he's. What's that? It was on by last way, night. No, yeah, I'm just saying. No spoilers. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're <laughs> taking a stand in our
1: People second last get, episode.
2: They need to get their shit. New
3: together. policy here in our penultimate
1: Well, and episode. of all shows. Like, I think this has
2: always been our policy, all right. if it's all right. TV. Okay. I'm
3: sorry. Um, I really love that dynamic that they introduced toward the end of that season where, where mm-hmm. Mike. Against all his better judgment and emotional reserves just became so fond of Jesse. Yeah, he took Jesse under his wing. And Jesse, I thought it was very interesting that they didn't make it very obvious of this, but I tend to think that Jesse knows it and that Jesse knows that if he sort of looks at Mike and is like, we can't do this without you, which is, as you said, it's like it's a three man job. If this won't work without you, that Mike will do it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. sort of Jesse's keeping the band together as it were because he's got Mike's loyalty And I think Walt's more likely to tell him to fuck off. Mm -hmm. But I think he also knows how to, if not, we can't work Walt at this point. Right. Like, there's a different manner to go about it with Walt. He
2: also, Jesse also has a kind of child of divorce thing going, even though he's not a child of divorce, where, like, you know, he has to bridge the gap between them. And, you know, any second they're, oh, great, you got the kids singing. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be... Yeah, Jesse singing your grand old flag. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think every, I think every storyline. I'm basically just going to sort of like zoom to whatever Jesse's role in it first. But I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so much of, I think the point that we're supposed to walk away with this episode is like Walt's done being even kind of like conflicted about being a domineering. Like I think he's sort of like learned the gift of fear in yes. reverse. Like yes. he knows what he can get done now by instilling fear into Saul into Skylar well I
2: feel like that was the, the evolution of his character through all of last year. sure right? yeah with- and, you, and
3: now you see where he's at now with it where he's just like now he's using it
2: and um. now finally Skylar is on board too
3: boy is she ever
2: I think by the end of the episode, she was.
3: She was, yeah. She's not stepping out of line, I don't think. Yeah,
1: no. And she had a weird arc, you know. Like, she kind of went up and down with the, you know, being on board the program. Mm -hmm. You know, she had Mm -hmm. her moments of, well, I guess I'll be the business manager of this illegal enterprise, too. Now it's scaring me. I got to take a step back and come back. And I cut... I, I think that's I get the it from, we I don't get, get it, in a
3: lot of things. I get it I like. from
1: like, you know, whenever somebody takes a big step, whether it is legal or not, yeah. mm-hmm. you have those emotions where you're like, oh, what did I get myself into? And, and I regret you pull everything. Back, you, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, I'm going to sell my house. Oh my God, I should have sold my house. <laughs> yeah, That's <laughs> happening to us this week, by the way. Um, if, I, if we seem a little angry me and day, it's because we've had a really bad real estate day. Um, but anyways, but yeah. I, I, and I understand For doing Skyler's this on sort of up and up and down in that regard, but yeah. I find it a little, as a person, but inside of a TV show, I thought it was a little odd that she had such a fluctuation and so many fluctuations.
3: Mm-hmm. You um, wonder how course. planned out that was or how on the fly that was? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I feel like that's, that's consistent with the way a real person would act, especially I when do. the car wash were set up. They'd be like, well, yeah. problem solved. Now right. we're laundering this money. Everything's great. Yeah. Well, and I think when well, you wasn't. have a
3: show where the major arc is a guy trending absolutely towards villainy. And yeah, that she's you seeing have that, the luxury of having another secondary yeah. character yeah. do that other thing where she goes right. to the precipice. She sees the look on Ted Beneke's face yes. and it scares the fuck out of her. Right. And like, and I think that's, that's an interesting sort of second look at it. So
2: he forgives her. Oh man. Burr. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the as, as, uh, icy cold hug of oh, intimidation. Oh, My God. Ruffled her wig. Yeah. Guests. Wig. Right. Podcast. I had to email Tara early in the week when I got the I got the screener, and I was like, "Tara, you got to back me up here. This is Wig City, right? Like, totally. Yeah. And not
2: only that, but it's obviously like they they filmed the scene of her on the phone like whenever they wrapped last season. Yes, and they're like, right. okay, now it's twenty minutes later. What? Yeah. yeah. Did you get I, hair extensions?
3: Yeah, way home? I was like in the recap. I was like, prepare for a hair fret, emotionally charged haircut in Woo-woo, the second wake or the third up. episode. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was gonna say on the uh, the I forgive you thing, as uh, I thought to. Former, uh, um, sorry, former. He's not dead. Past uh, <laughs> guest John Ramos had a good tweet on yes. that subject. He's like, "Well, it took him a while, but he finally got to come back for uh, I, I fight." <laughs> that is
3: yeah, true. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not bad. That's a slow burn. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That's some burn. old boy shit. So, does <laughs> it seem like this
1: season's going to be the arc of this season's going to be one by one his personal connections falling and disintegrating about him, and that it's not going to be in an external. Force is going to be t- turmoil and dissension from within his circle.
3: I feel like the final conflict it has to be between him and Jesse. Yes. So I feel like we're. It's just a matter of from what angle that comes from.
2: Yes. It's a, Whether, it's going to be a matter of when does Jesse figure out Gus did not yeah. poison. And we're right. entering the kid.
3: my second straight season of oh shit is this the episode where Mike dies because uh, you guys like that guy's that guy's got like tragic death to inspire future conflict written all over. Oh, him. yeah.
2: Definitely. So
3: that's yeah, I feel like this also I wonder because this is what eight episodes in the season and then eight episodes in the yes. final season. Yes. So I wonder if like this is the one season where we get a cliffhanger like an actual cliffhanger is this how are they actually sorry this is
1: just pedantic but how, how are they actually setting this up? Are they saying this is two seasons or is this
3: just like a split season? I, I don't think, know. Yeah, I the, don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, I uh, just doesn't really two manage. batches of the semantic
2: episodes. distinction.
1: One of the what my my dumbest OCD moments was being really angry at having a DVD set that said season two point five for yeah. Star Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no! Yeah, I know that's I stupid.
2: <laughs> that spine's
1: going backwards, yeah. so I don't have to see that. In the old TWAP days,
2: no. I at first we used to do that too, where it's like, come on, <laughs> like. It's still the same season. You had a gap of five months. It's not, you know, whatever.
1: Now I realize I I, I don't know how far into the future Brian Cranston actually knows what's going on. If he knows everything that they've they've planned, right? But a little while ago he's talking about, well, maybe there'll be a movie. First of all. I am not a no. crackpot. Let's fucking stop it with the TV shows becoming a movie as their finale. Yes. Well, didn't he say recently that it would make a bad, like a pretty bad movie? I know. He was I like, I thought I saw that. Uh, maybe he backtracked someone. on it, but the one, the one, the when I picked it up, it was like, maybe there'll be a movie. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. do a movie.
2: Yeah. Brian Cranston, aren't you satisfied being with in everything? every movie? He really
3: is. My God.
1: He was in Red Tail, guys. was Tailed in fucking guys.
2: Madagascar 3 that I saw last <laughs> week.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's what he was promoting on, uh, or Ice Age, whatever, Ice or Age I like 3. How do you Oh, he was also in Madagascar because yes. I think he was on the view talking about Ice Age. Maybe I'm wrong anyway
2: it doesn't I it wouldn't surprise me if he was in both. Yeah. They're basically
3: the same movie at this point in anyway. yes yeah. um, but I, I I get the feeling that the
1: the sort of the struggle beyond obviously the showdown or whatever uh, is gonna happen with him and Jesse, I think it feels to me and they could just change it all in the next episode and I'll be have quite the be quite the fool yeah. but it seems like he's going to be grappling with like success now yes and then on top of that everybody around him is going to start you know oh this guy's actually yeah. really is a monster for real yeah and I really hope that's where well, it's going. he's going to have
3: to establish a for lack of a better term, corporate structure all over yeah. again because, yeah. like, they burned the whole lab down. So, like, yes. that's certainly going to be, I feel like, in the next... You and know he's going to have so. to
2: rebuild, too, because as we established in this episode, too, all the money is gone. Right. Like, his whole nest egg is gone, and he yeah. owes Jesse for it's his not half of the quite, giant space magnet.
3: Yeah, stepping into that power vacuum isn't going to be quite so simple, although we all assume that he's going to do it. And all
1: that means is we're probably going to have a really great Captains of Industry rebuilding montage in our oh, future. Oh, my <laughs>
3: God, yes. Yeah. Very
2: true. Order bang, your business cards.
1: <laughs> Top of containers for that clear math.
3: <laughs> I also have to say, um, and I know this is going to fix itself, but still, after one episode, free Marie T shirts are available in the trunk oh, of my like Marie. Marie, the one major character we didn't get to see, my favorite swimming, shopping for purple color swatches for something in her apartment, no yes. doubt, or in her house, no the doubt. The less she
2: knows about all this, the better. For That's Maria. true,
3: the better for her. She can go back to denying Magic Mike his bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, so are we done breaking bed. Sure. Right. Yep. So, Comic Con was this week, and... I have an artist who does a lot of my stuff on Clarkware for me. I'll send him some sketches, my chicken scratches. Make this look pretty will be my note, and uh, he sent me an email. Said, look, I recognize this shirt. He sent me a picture, and it was Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan wearing, for some reason, a shirt I designed called Uncertainty Principle. Right there during his uh, Comic Con Q and A. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's time for the canon, and Joe's bringing us something this week. What do you got for us, Joe?
3: Uh, I have an episode of 30 Rock, Season 5, Episode 14, called Double-Edged Sword. Um, With this being our second last episode, I thought my idea, and we sort of talked about this a bit ago, was to pick a 30 Rock episode, because even though we've already done two of them for the canon, um, I thought thematically... It helps sort of bring things around a little bit, 30 Rock being the building that we all worked in when yep. we all first moved here. Yep. Uh, this episode specifically, watching it, I thought it was very interesting how it had quite a few of those uh, little touches where there's Toronto. Yes. There's two mentions of my beloved Buffalo, New York. Yes. Um, I did... Was Matt Damon there's part of our a, a roving meth
2: lab, which there's, we all ran. Which
3: we all love. Um... Matt Damon, I feel like we declared him an unhateable at some point, probably. I believe and if that's we didn't, right. We probably should have. Yes. Um, so there's a lot going for that, and then of course, like Thirty Rock premiered the, also the year moved here, and that that year happen. before. Yes, you're right. Just yes, just before. Um, so this was season five, season before last. This was during the period where Liz was dating Carol, the airplane, uh, airplane pilot.
2: Carol Burnett. <laughs>
3: Right, <laughs> played by Matt Damon, and at the same time, Avery was very, very much pregnant with her and Jack's baby. Uh, both of those storylines would come to a head in this episode. Uh, there's also a C plot involving Tracy Jordan that I'm going to get through very quickly because it is through not entirely fault of its own. It's clearly the third wheel on this. Like, well, and they had the to, lesser.
2: They had to write Tracy Morgan out of the show at this point right. because he was about to have. Um, kidney kidney surgery. surgery or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, were, they maybe did not put as much thought into this as they, right. m- as they might.
3: Right. But before I get to that, though, it's one of the better cold opens the show has ever had, I thought. Um, this actually, this clip, it starts from the very beginning of the episode.
0: Hey, do you have a neck pillow? I blew mine up and now it smells like my mouth. <laughs>
3: I never sleep on planes. I don't want to get incepted.
1: Are you going somewhere?
0: Carol has a flight to Raleigh Dorum, so I'm going with him, and we're going to drive out and spend a few days at an inn at Nag's Head.
3: You're going to Nag's Head? Isn't that redundant? Liz pulls out an envelope, hands it to Jack.
2: You're going to Nag's Head? Isn't that redundant?
3: Jack pulls out an envelope, hands it to Liz.
0: You will hand me an envelope predicting my joke about mm. Nag's Head? That is solid. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so good um so all right tracy jordan c plot so tracy has just finished egotting he has just won his academy award for uh hard to hard to watch based on the novel stone cold bummer by yes. manipulate yep um <laughs> and they show the clip of him doing the take off of the uh whatever little feather, mm. yes. uh, marlon sashi, brando, and little feather. sashi and little feather uh marlon brando acceptance speech so that was very good because mm-hmm. he has a mouthful of pop-tarts so he can't speak for himself sure um but so he's finding that his elevated status now as an egot winner brings with it increased responsibility as dot com says it's a double uh, success is a double-edged sword so tracy first of all has to go to a society brunch basically with these fancy ladies uh that benefits poverty of some sort or another uh this leads to a distraught tracy breaking down in front of everybody at the benefit
0: i'm not scared of you people And I don't think those cashews look like a bowl of baby penises. (laughs) Peter, he got his fun. Here's to me spending the rest of my life in rooms like this.
3: Tracy Morgan crying isn't maybe as funny as Donald Glover crying.
2: No, but it's but
3: it's up there. It's funny. I was sort of I was whittling down the episodes of Thirty Rock to do, and the one was the Deal Breakers pilot. The Mm -hmm. one was um. Uh, The Bubble with John Hamm. And then the one I thought of after we had talked the last time was Emmanuel Goes to Dinosaur Land, Mm -hmm. which includes Tracy breaking down in the stairwell remembering his traumatic childhood, which is all hilarious, Tracy Morgan crying. (laughs) Um, And then later when he yells at the little green screen kid playing Normal in the Garfield movie. Yeah. Just, all right. Um, So anyway, this all eventually leads to Tracy having a crisis of confidence or whatever and deciding to go and help people in Africa, quotes, uh, quote unquote Africa, turns out to be a abandoned whatever where he's faking that he's in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that um, the B plot, I'm going to call Jack and Avery, the B plot and Liz and Carol, the A plot. Although really you could flip that up. Like they're both equally important. Mm-hmm. So Jack and Avery are traveling. I don't know. To... Only one of
2: them has Skyla.
3: That's true. Only one of them has Skylaw. Uh, Jack and Avery are in Toronto for the G8 summit. Um, but as they check into the hotel and before Jack can get to making love out on the balcony, overlooking the Metro Toronto <laughs> convention center, Avery starts having contractions that are severe enough, she nearly breaks the bellhop's hand. Well, if you need anything else... Ah! Oh, God! You're breaking the extra bone all Canadians have in their hands!
2: Oh, Jack! I think the baby's coming! What?
1: You're not due until March! Why did I buy a beryllium mine, if her birthstone isn't going to be aquamarine?
0: We need to get to the airport!
1: Airport? We need to get you to a hospital! No!
0: We can't go to a hospital! This is Canada! If she's born here... Good God!
1: She'll be
3: Canadian! At the risk of sounding incredibly rude, I would beg your pardon and ask you, in your opinion, what's the bad about being Canadian?
1: Your milk comes in bags.
0: Bags. Your
2: pavilion at Epcot doesn't have
0: a ride.
1: And if Canada is so nice and friendly, why does most of our meth come from your Asian drug gangs?
2: <gasps> Are we not even making our own meth? What is happening to American manufacturing?
1: So, um, on the topic of Canadian milk bags, which, by the way, is. <laughs> I thought is a you were going
3: to say the, the extra bone that all Canadians have in their hand. Oh, we
1: don't like to talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's true. <laughs> you can't get milks in bags. It's kind of funny. They come in these giant bags of three milk bags inside. Yes. Three, for some reason, is the number you buy. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we always have this magnet up on our fridge. And whenever we get a new American coming into our apartment, we play, guess what this is? And mm-hmm. it's uh, what it is, is a milk bag cutter it's an appliance <laughs> just for cutting milk bags it seriously is and you could
2: probably use every, it in a pinch as a letter opener but I mm. love
3: single service kitchen utensils uh-huh. by the way they're really really and
1: every cool. Canadian knows what it is yeah. but I've yet to meet an American who yeah, can identify I'd milk bags I just bag add
2: one other sidebar yes um So my parents have been staying with my sister for like on and off for about the last month. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell this story because my parents aren't going to hear this. So (laughs) so we were talking about how, you know, because they live in Pakistan and they have a lot of house servants in their own house. So they have kind of forgotten how to be how to clean up after themselves, sure. maybe.
3: They're in the bottle At
2: times, when they're at other people's house, and, and when we saw my sister last week, she said, one of the things that my dad will do is he'll start a new bag of milk, he'll take the bag, he'll put it in the pitcher, he'll cut off the thing, and then he'll just leave it on the counter. He just won't even put it in the garbage. <laughs> it's so passive-aggressive, and they look like, or just oblivious. And you have
1: to imagine, there's this little plastic thing that looks like a tiny paper hat sitting <laughs> yes. on the counter, with a dribble of it's white, white co- milk coming yeah, out of it. always
2: on the counter and I can picture the whole scene of Leah coming in and be like come on
1: kids but he's right Jack is right milk bags are weird they
2: are it makes no sense I mean I guess from a waste perspective
1: I guess I used to
2: know kids who their parent, their moms would like cut off the tops and then reuse them as sandwich bags (laughs) I can't imagine how disgusting (laughs) that would be my dad I guess I do. Who
1: also uses. And milk bags are. Thick. I guess
2: I would have called you milk poor bags, kid and Milk school. bags,
1: I don't know what they are like now, but when I was a kid, they were like, if you imagine a Ziploc bag, like a heavy duty Ziploc bag, uh-huh. but double that, that's oh, sort of okay. like what milk bags were.
3: Yeah, the milks go nowhere.
1: So for the longest time. I know. Uh, my dad will also not be listening to this
3: podcast, <laughs> I'm sure.
1: But my dad used to. Cut the top. You would use the milk bag. Cut the top off. Clean them out in the sink. Yep. Let them dry. And then I swear to God, for like three years, my dad used a milk bag as like his change bag. So <laughs> I would be. and This was when I was like five or six. It smells
2: so rancid. No, 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 no,
1: no. no. It's cleaned.
2: Still, no, you can never. It, it didn't All smell. Right, fine.
1: But I'm telling you, when you're in school and you go with your dad somewhere, say McDonald's for the sake of argument, yeah, and you meet. And suddenly people in your class are Are there there and your dad pulls out a milk bag to fish out $3.24 in change because he's got a lot of change and wants to get rid of it. It's the most embarrassing thing in the world. Milk bags.
3: That's it. Canon. Yes? No? That's our milk bag material, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Oh, God. Oh,
1: no, we've done it. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Joe, for milk
3: bag um, tangent. Back to the episode. Yes, uh, so know. every flight back to America is canceled. The trains and buses are all sold out. And Jack starts to wonder if maybe that his and Avery's shared stubbornness about getting <laughs> back to the States isn't a bad thing. And maybe it wouldn't be so bad if their daughter was born in Canada. After all, Alexander Hamilton, he says, was born in the West, Indi- West Indies. But Avery re- recoils at that, uh, calling Alexander Hamilton a mouthpiece for federalism who lost a duel to a guy named Aaron. Fair point. Um... <laughs> So they soldier on and end up hitching a ride to America in a van driven by a very squirrely John Cho and his friends, who are pretty clearly soon to be revealed as cooking drugs in the back of the van.
2: Is this a mobile meth lab? Yes, it is. Look, if you want to quit. Quit? I've
0: never quit anything in my life. I'm still in Girl Scouts. I have 9,000 badges. Hey,
3: I'm still looking for a golf ball I shanked in 1987. I am not taking that penalty
0: stroke. Good. We agree. Now let's drive this bomb to Buffalo and get
2: this little bitch out of me. <laughs> Buffalo,
3: woohoo! <laughs> um, at a gas stop later on, Jack and uh, John Cho's character, whose name in the show I should point out is Lauren, sure it is, because like all your, Canadians, like all, like all Canadians, he's mm-hmm. named Lauren. Uh, they have a heart to heart about parents and whatever that eventually convinces Jack that he and Avery need to just give up and and get to a hospital. This is two clips right in a row.
1: So, what are you guys carrying? I'm sorry. In a fake stomach, you smuggling unpasteurized cheese, prescription drugs, maple syrup from the sacred tree of souls in Winnipeg? <laughs> no, she's pregnant. What? Those contractions she's been having are real? Because they sound very sitcom-y. Oh,
0: oh boy. It's
3: taking so long.
1: You went to law school? For one day. I was just so tightly wound that I got kicked out for karate chopping my roommate. I know, I'm a stereotype. All guys from Quebec are good at karate.
3: Oh my God, where are my manners? Do you want to try math? <laughs> <laughs>
2: The, spit, the torque he gives on that line. He's really is good so in this episode. Perfect. He's, he's, really, he's really funny. I yeah. always like John Cho, but he's, he's, he is, you're right, very good in this episode. Yeah.
3: Um, so eventually they do get to a hospital in Canada. Avery has the baby in a Canadian hospital. Under protest. Um, under protest because Jack decided to be the one to give up. Um, of course, we see later they both refuse to accept the free Canadian health care and uh, make a break for it after the baby is born. Mm-hmm. So. On to the A-plot. well. They also
2: have the nice visual gag where they're like, "We got to find some Canadian that'll take our money."
3: Title card. Title Lord card. Michaels. Lorne Michaels,
2: executive producer.
3: Yeah. Um, a plot. A plot. Liz and Carol, as we heard in the cold open, are traveling to Nag's Head. First of all, thank you, place called Nag's Head, for providing <laughs> so many jokes in this episode. It's yes. fantastic. Um, on a flight that Carol is piloting himself, as Liz- airline
2: is called Airbike which I love not, I didn't even notice that air bike
3: nice as Liz boards the plane we see that she and Carol share the same disdain for poor airplane etiquette
0: there's a line sir I realize you're more important than everyone else on the flight what with those jet sweatpants
3: excuse me young lady are you old enough to be traveling
1: alone
0: I don't know I'm going to visit my Nana,
1: but I'm scared. Oh, wait, that's too young. Roger that. Ugh, oh, look at sweatpants guy. This is a $90 million aircraft, not a Tallahassee strip club. <clears throat> Stewart, 2118, that guy. Excuse me, Mr. Sweatpants. We're going to need to check
3: that bag. And
1: that is Skylaw. Do the you think, uh, sorry. flight attendant has the biggest mouth I've ever seen. <laughs> I just on love that guy. Flight
3: attendant played by Jeff Hiller who Tara and I both saw as John Quincy Adams in Bloody, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, and he was phenomenal. He
2: was hilarious. He was
3: robbed of a Tony nomination, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second thing, Liz Lemon's tone of disdain is maybe one of my favorite things about her. It's just so, the thing where she's just like jets, the way she says jet sweatpants Mm -hmm. is (laughs) gorgeous. uh,
1: This scene reminds me of how quickly we fell in love with the series from the very opening scene of the hot dog line. Oh, yeah. Where she has the same sort of yeah. social contract is not being yes. honored. Yes. Vibe going totally. on.
2: Therefore, I am buying all the hot dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lawful evil.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's lawful true. evil. Uh, Tar Ariano and Little <laughs> Lemon. Yeah,
3: let's go into lawful evil for a second.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm sick. I can't defend myself.
1: Uh, They they, um, share a lot of (laughs) worldviews, including, as I said, you know, uh, people not honoring, you know, what we call the social contract, just being... What
2: is the social contract? (laughs) Not just what we call it. That's just true.
1: And... you know, we were thinking, you know, what what's the alignment? You know those Dungeons and Dragons <clears throat> character alignment charts that, you know, right. once anything becomes popular enough and has enough cast members you apply it to, Deadwood, community, community. whatever, yeah. you know. Featurama. Um, you know, it's a useful tool, It's shorthand for a character. And we figured out that Liz Lemon and by extension, of course, Tar Ariano yes. is Lawful Evil, which <laughs> is basically um you have your real own sticklers own for the letter of the law. Uh, getting very belligerent with people yes. that break laws, no matter how small the infraction. Right.
2: Yes. Ethics are important. Morals are not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we also to <laughs> the lawful evil. And I am chaotic. Chaotic uh,
2: good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's you, about right.
1: you have and it you, works, and you it have your principles.
2: You, you don't really care how you enact them. That's true. But yeah, especially in this episode, because again, back to my dad. When when he travels, he gets really stressed out, and, and he gets us because his name is Lou. He we say he gets the lose. And so sometimes I get the lose Except mine It it tends to uh, (laughs) I don't get super stressed out About like getting to the Like checking in and all that Like my dad does But I hate being told what to do by TSA agents <laughs> and so especially lately they've been like everything out of your pockets everything do you have change in your pockets everything out of your pocket money and like they just have to go through every single thing like do you have a paper clip in like your in pocket Breaking like in Breaking Bad when he's I like I get it do
1: you have a pet bird at home and it's lost a feather and you <laughs> picked it up instead of putting right. it in the garbage can you idly right. put it in your pocket get that feather out of yes. your pocket and put it on the tray do you have
2: your keys in your pocket yeah. and so finally so I when I was there I was like but wait what about my pet hamster and I look at Dave like ha, my funny joke, and Looks clunk clunk like, i don't know you like <laughs> yeah. one of these times you're gonna get arrested yeah. at this airport for Enjoy being making a sarcastic invasive joke.
1: cavity search
2: i'll be over there pretending yeah. i don't know you yes oh my
3: god <gasps> you
2: know? anyways our
3: ariano equals Liz <laughs> that
2: Especially reminds me in this episode
3: friends and i we spent the fourth of july in in canada in uh, at crystal beach the <gasps> one summer traitors. and i know i know um and there was a whole lot of, like, stuff about, like, it was on a Sunday, so in Canada you couldn't buy beer right. on a Sunday, so people had to, like, go back over the border to the States and then try to bring beer back over. <laughs> yes. And some of us True, were of age. duty on it. Well, I was going to say, and some of us were of age and some of us were of not, so there was a lot of, like, getting the right people in the right car at the right time or whatever. Yep. And so this was pre-9-11, so, like, the border from Buffalo to Canada wasn't, like, so porous. porous. Well, it wasn't super <laughs> porous, but it was, like... Way more porous I remember like,
2: when we First moved there You didn't even Have to show ID You could just They would say Citizenship yeah. And you'd just Say Canadian yep. And they'd be like Okay But they
3: yep. were always More strict with People are uh, You know Teenagers at that Point anyway. Sure So I had Not the car that I was in But friends who Tried to come over After us uh, They asked everybody When they uh, uh, you, All American You all American And one dipshit And I can't even Remember who oh, it was no. Was like second team second team all-american and they were like and the guy was like haha funny pull over there please.
2: Oh no! yes yes <laughs> and he learned a very important lesson very about important why, lesson. why you don't josh a customs agent exactly back
3: to the show back to the show so after liz is seated carol announces uh to the flight that the takeoff will be delayed by half an hour but uh as we keep cutting back to the story um to this particular plot line, that delay keeps getting longer and longer and the passengers get more restless and they are not comforted much by the in-flight entertainment, which is Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul, <laughs> Great detail. Nor the supplementary failed NBC sitcom pilots, which is also a great detail.
2: One of them has to be Asian. Can they be good at their jobs? Coming up. Uh Um, (laughs) Uh-huh.
3: So Liz goes to the front of the plane to get the lowdown from Carol because she obviously knows him, so she'll get the inside info. He lets her in on the secret that the half-hour wait thing is a pilot trick to keep uh, passengers subdued long enough. Uh, It's long enough to know that there's a wait, not long enough that it upsets them.
0: So you're just... Lying? That's not right. We're paying customers. Look,
1: Liz, we have reasons for doing the things the way that we do them. We
0: say half an hour to control the herds of walking mozzarella sticks who think that $300 in a photo ID gives them the right to fly through the air like one of the guardian owls of legend.
1: (laughs) God, that's been our in flight movie for months.
0: I just think it's frustrating for people to know that they're being lied to.
1: Maybe you just want to fly the plane yourself. Well, good luck pressing takeoff,
3: then autopilot, then land. So
0: Liz backs off
3: uh, and returns to her seat, but things just keep getting worse. Before long, the grounded airplane becomes more and more a stifling refugee camp with filthy bathrooms, uh, more and more crying babies every time we come back to the story, and the torture of the failed NBC sitcoms aforementioned.
2: Dear God, they've restarted the failed NBC shows? Oh no, please no, not gals on the town again. Love and
0: friendship, having it all, or maybe just a great pair of shoes. One of them has to be Asian. Can they be good at their job?
3: Two things about that: a, not even trying to hide the fact that it's, it's Lipstick Tina Fey, Jungle. Well, that Tina Fey is singing the theme song. Yes, and also that it's Lipstick Jungle, Cashmere Mafia, mm-hmm. starring three of the most journey woman. We'll put them in any pilot. Lindsay Price. Ever. Lindsay Price. Yep. Who was in one Lipstick of those shows?
2: Jungle, I, I think. believe
3: that's correct. Mm-hmm. Aisha Tyler. Yep. Who finally found this place on daytime? She did. And um, Terry Polo. Yep. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Anyway.
1: The refugee plane. We've been on that plane. Yeah. it is the LL flight from Toronto yeah, to New York. It's true. <laughs> it goes from Tel Aviv to Toronto to New York. Yep. And so it used was, to be
2: that you could get a really cheap, you could get a cheap sure. ticket if you just got on that last leg. Right, right, right. But by the time it's made it from Tel Aviv, <laughs> shit has gone down. But you it, guys.
1: Kids are running up and down the aisles. Everyone There's is fucking food barefoot. Everywhere. I have a picture of the lady of a lady with her. First of all, taking her shoes off. I'm not going to get into that thing, but <laughs> come on, people, just leave your footwear on. Come
3: on, Jason, seriously, seriously. But oh,
1: wait, her feet up where on her on her own seat? No, no. on the tray table. No, at the top of her the, the seat, seat in, in front, front of, of her. her. So no. that the so person someone
2: else's where someone else's head should be. Well,
1: that person would look like they had foot antlers. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs>
2: This is our most digressive. I know, I ever. love it.
1: It was a personal, uh, you know, <laughs> moment. With Joe said, it had a lot of personal meaning to us more that's than true. we knew. It's We're going to bring all out. our
3: baggage into this.
2: That may have been the fight. where ah, we, we overheard the kids say, <laughs> "It's Donald Duck and he pooped his." Mouth. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was reading. He was reading this. Um, he was coloring. This coloring book, and uh, it was just a picture of Donald Duck, and he just. I had a whole bunch of brown crayon near his bum and he just lifted up for him. nobody in particular. It's like, it's Donald, not getting he pooped his pants. <laughs> and then he just kept on talking to himself for like five
3: minutes. He pooped his pants, he pooped
2: his this pants. This happened a minimum of 11 years ago and we're still talking about it. So I hope this kid has pursued a career. I was night.
3: gonna say, where is he now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out. So because Liz already bragged about dating the pilot uh, of the flight, the passengers beg her to intervene on their behalf and she takes her reasonable demands up to Carol They just want to return to the terminal and wait in comfort like human beings. But Carol stonewalls Liz's attempts and uh, flight attendant Stewart, for example, did not study dance at Carnegie (laughs) Mellon in order to go clean bathrooms. And then he does the hand thing, which I love. Um, So Liz and Carol find themselves in a standoff.
0: Okay, Carol, you have a decision to make. Are your passengers just cattle or are some of them, maybe even just one of them, someone you care about? I think you need to make
1: a decision. Am I just another authority figure that you're taking one of your stands against, like that police horse you yelled at? If
0: I can't poop in the street, why should my tax dollars pay for someone else, too?
1: Or am I your boyfriend who you're going to let do his job?
0: Really, if this is you doing your job, you're terrible at it.
3: He reaches for the the button.
0: Think about what you're doing. You are making a choice here. I am not just a passenger.
1: <gasps> and the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. All passengers, including any lipless middle-aged women in lesbian clown shirts, should please take their seat at this time
2: here's the proof that Liz and Carol really are too much alike. Yeah. I would also do that if I were a pilot.
3: <laughs> You would have both of those sides of that. I would happening.
2: spite people all the uh. time.
3: Uh, Jeff Hiller's secret MVP of this episode, seriously. He is very funny. Every line reading is a gem. Mm-hmm. Next time we come back to the plane, it's basically the Superdome after Katrina. <laughs> um, pantyhose hanging from the ceiling, crying shirtless old men, numbers scrawled in hash marks on the walls like they're in prison. Mm-hmm. Liz sucking on a tea bag that she pulled out of the trash can.
2: <laughs> Someone's written "No Justice" on one of the overhead bins.
3: <laughs> Carol finds Liz and tells her that they've been offered a gate to pull up to and, and uh, deboard. Uh, but he'll only take it if Liz admits that she was wrong to question his authority, which of course she never will. Um, they end up in a standoff yet again.
0: I have an announcement. Our pilot has gone insane.
1: No, don't listen to her.
0: Don't. Having seen Crimson Tide on Showtime last weekend, I believe the only course of action available to us is passenger of mutiny. I am Denzel. I am
1: invoking Skylaw. You are now silenced, shrieking harpy.
3: <laughs> uh, things get so bad between them and the argument gets so heated uh, that neither one of them will give an inch. Liz threatens to pull the emergency exit slide and go out like that flight attendant that everybody, everybody now hates. hates now. <laughs> um, Carol pulls a gun to stop her. And Off she an pulls- Marshall. Yes, off the air, Marshal. Um, And she, in turn, pulls an old man in front of her and says, You'll have to go through this old bastard to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, They both now, at this point, realize that they're acting crazy. And the one lady passenger is like, How are you two still together? You're too much alike. How Mm -hmm. are you two dating? You're too much alike. And they both realize that that is true. true. Um, And she just sort of says, I'm sorry. And you see that they break up, basically, in the midst of this standoff. Um, One thing you sort of miss in that I didn't clip because it was just been, I would have been clipping this entire episode, is when Carol is telling her about the gate that they could go back to and mm-hmm. he said we could go and you could sit down and stretch out have your uh, turkey wraps and you hear Liz's stomach go <laughs> turkey wraps <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what else did I have to say? Oh the part also in that same part where Liz is making fun of the way he talks on the intercom goes oh Ooh. half an hour means forever uh. and then the <laughs> next time you hear him on the intercom he actually like says that more like that it's, yeah. I don't know. It's my favorite type of Liz Lemon. It's Jack, it highlights how great Jack and Avery were as a Mm -hmm. couple. It really, like, the chemistry between both of those pairs was really fantastic. Fantastic guest stars. The Tracy plot, because of that scene about the cashews being baby penises, I feel like that makes even that worth it, and Mm -hmm. they don't cut back to that too much. Um, What's his name? Pete explains the Peter principle, which... yes fits yeah um everybody rises to the level of their incompetence yes um i think it's just a total winner of an episode in an era of 30 rock where people were starting to be like well the show's lost its way the show's lost its stuff and it's like i don't think so no that's one I, of the best episodes i've seen
2: and also the one right after this was the one where she comes in and is like i've given up on yes. life has yes. a chip clip in chip her, clip her hair, in her hair. <laughs> so i've adopted a cat and named her emily dickinson oh <laughs> named her emily dickinson yep so yeah, I, I thought she and Carol, she and Carol slash Matt Damon had hilarious chemistry yep. together. Yeah, and it was and it it, it it like she picked up with him right as she was like sliding out of the Michael Sheen as Wesley Snipes storyline, which was Michael also Michael Sheen hilarious. as Wesley
3: Snipes too. He's yes, so great. Yes,
2: this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I, I think I suggested it to you because I love the scene where they where. Uh, obviously, we've been saying it throughout this entire canon presentation. I am Liz Lemon. Yeah. yeah. And when we watch this episode, I, there's a lot of me having to turn to Dave and be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I am. Um, so, yes. This is, yeah. This is an excellent choice.
1: Dave. Yeah. And the, well, in the interest of keeping <laughs> this yeah, she is. maybe shorter than the actual show, which actually maybe we're done. We, we, we failed in that regard. Uh, but it's all good. We digressed bags. a lot. Milk bags. Milk bags, you guys.
3: People <laughs> um, don't know. That's true.
1: Yeah, the the, the Tracy thing is obviously just a weird little appendix of a...
3: They couldn't leave both Tracy and Jenna out of the episode. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, throughout the discussion about everything that happened this episode and what we liked about it, you know, we didn't say, yeah, I really miss that they're actually not in... It's It's like out of the what do they call these? Out of the bottle or whatever? It's like, you know, it's, know... Yeah,
3: it's sort of the opposite of a bottle Of a bottle episode, episode right? Um, yeah. 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 They've taken... They're on
1: things. location, yeah. 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 Um, you know, this outside the setting, they're not in, you know, the writer's room, they're not at 30 yeah. Rock, but With it all friend. works and you're really missing. It. I Especially will say... Especially the plane,
2: it's so claustrophobic.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's probably just a personal thing and I don't really know exactly when it started, you know, I'm sure it's the South Park movie and everything, but the
3: the Canadian... Ne- like, yeah, the weird alienness of Canadians.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's—it's it, not that I take it personally. I just <laughs> feel like it's been done so many times uh-huh. that it almost seems like they felt obligated to do it or something. Like you that mean, bell- the, bellhop, yeah. Yeah. the bellhop, not yeah. so much
2: with yeah. the with Lauren
1: no and the, and I thought Lauren sense. I liked Lauren for a few reasons one that, that he wasn't the bellhop he yeah. wasn't you know basically somebody from Fargo and then yeah. you call him yeah. a Canadian he
3: still mentions the sacred tree of souls <laughs> win <him> high, which <laughs> is in Winnipeg and I kind of. like that he
1: basically got to play uh, Kumar Harold Harold no wait No, he got to play the opposite opposite, of what he played. Oh, yeah, yes, I'm sorry, yes. And so that was kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind
3: of stuff, although I I agree with you that it's become a trope. Yes, thank you. That's what I wanted to say. I feel like if we're viewing that as like, it's the worst nightmare of Jack and Avery's idea of Canadians, then that works.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. I just like. I, no, I just I your, it. your
2: issue is mostly with the bellhop. It's not the rest of that storyline. No, no, yeah, no, no. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, But otherwise, I thought it was a really strong episode. The plane stuff. Who can't relate to? Yeah. and I can't and <laughs> believe that it's like it's 2012,
3: and we're still coming up with different ways to describe the t- the horror of everything about. Well,
1: it's just getting worse. It's it's never getting better. Right. Like like, try to you know, f- think about what it's going to be in 2020. Oh, my
2: God. I don't know, Dave. We went through Regina Airport hold for giggles and we did not have to take off our shoes.
1: (laughs) That's true, but that was Canada.
3: Well, Regina's so inviting.
1: All right, so shall we... How would you know? I don't know. Put this to a vote here in our... Oh, no. Yeah. Does that water have Joe's nose? No. Nope, I was just
3: giving Tara a thumbs up on a really good burn. (laughs) All right.
1: Tara Ariana, what about you? Yay! Me too. All right, 30 Rock, why aren't you... 31. Double edged sword 514. You're hereby inducted into the extra hot crate cannon.
0: Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All right,
1: it's time for winner and loser of the week. And I'm having a little bit of keyboard trouble. That's Mm -hmm.
3: why. Joe, you have a winner winner of the week is Joel McHale, who this week was announced that he is going to be a guest star on the new season of Sons of Anarchy. So just in case there were any worries about the fate of community and Dan Harmon's exit, we know that Joel McHale will now be able to work for television's other worst oh my nightmare God. showrunner. So congratulations.
2: Yeah, that guy's fucking crazy. (laughs) Loser? Uh, Loser of the week is Star Jones, who decided to respond for some reason to the news that Frank Ocean had come out by saying that coming out is a publicity stunt. She
3: did it. Thanks for
2: weighing in, Star Jones. We all really needed Uh. to know what you felt about the issue as a lawyer.
3: And Lord knows she's opposed to publicity stunts involving gay men. Her husband, Uh, Al Reynolds. Honestly. Jesus H. I know. Guys, you know what time it is? Game time. It's game
0: time.
1: All right. It is the 14th, 14th game time of the season. Joe is leading Tara seven to six. It's a one point season. This is our penultimate game time. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe with a victory today could wrap it up. Tara needs the win to force the tiebreaker in our final episode. Mm-hmm. The stakes are high.
2: Mm-hmm. They've literally never been higher. They have uh, never I
1: been. I think they've been a little higher.
2: Mm.
1: We had that big tiebreaker. That first season, that was pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. Also,
3: it should be known that Dave has now moved a light in this apartment so that now the deer antlers Sorry. on the wall are casting a shadow that's very intimidating to Tara. The
1: uh, keyboard troubles I was having was a result of my solar powered keyboard, which I thought maybe just died. So that's why I was shining the light directly <laughs> in my keyboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so today Science. we are returning for the last time to no. our TV theme no. quiz. Oh getting out of this alive I okay i
2: mean the last last one yeah.
1: since it is our last tv theme quiz we are pulling themes from shows that start with all the letters oh, yeah. you. <laughs> for your information that includes h i j k n p q r s u v w x y z and maybe shows that start with a number oh my crap can
2: i ask a question yeah. Are any of these themes that we have ever had in any previous TV theme quiz?
1: Um, I don't think so. I was keeping track of all the letters we used. Okay. It's possible. Mm -hmm. Definitely there are things we've heard before on the show in other contexts. Okay. Um, I will say, um, you know the format. I'm going to play a theme. The first person to blurt out the answer (laughs) very Loudly into their microphone that hurts all our audience's ears. <laughs> yep. Gets the points. Sh- you love it, it's people. It's a shout You router. love it. You can answer as much as you want. We'll just keep on going until somebody gets the right answer. Or, mm-hmm. as the judge of the game, I'll call it as unknowable yes. by you two. Because we had so much to choose from, I have 40, which is a bit bigger than what we usually do, about 25. Okay. But because I had such a range, these are all pretty iconic okay. and distinctive. So, oh, you great. should so know bit, most of Just these.
3: about the speed in which we will shout.
1: For tonight. instance, we already played G, but if we didn't, Gilligan's Island would probably yes. be in here. Is yes. that level of uh, theme show? Okay.
2: I feel this is culturally biased against me as a person with a cold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, listen. <laughs> okay. So, I one arm behind my back, if you would like. Keeping in mind that it is one
1: iconic themes, you're not going to be hearing a lot of, you know, mid 90s, aughts, uh, UPN. CW theme sure. mm-hmm. genericness okay so okay. these would probably be quick answers okay. for the most part okay right. yep are we ready to play TV themes rest of the alphabet <sighs> yes here we go price price is right. Right. that was price is right tarblutered it out microseconds before do well, here we go did I say we have 40 yes. yes you
3: did
2: New heart!
1: Nice. That was New Heart. New Heart. Here we go. Number three.
0: Devil, oh look justified! Jesus oh,
1: Christ. Once again, it. that was digga but digga justified. <laughs> justified. Uh, number four. Some of these don't start at the start. Here's our first one that does not start at the beginning.
3: Welcome
1: back, Cotter. Joe, welcome back, Cotter. Good
3: one, Joe. Thank you. X-Files.
1: One of the greatest disparities between credit sequence and TV show. <laughs> Worst credit sequence ever. Huh.
2: Quincy. Nice. I'm an L.A. corner. <laughs> I have an assistant. It's He's totally, totally Japanese. <laughs> I forget the rest of the lyrics. I don't know. Those, Those are, are Sean, Sean Collins bit. lyrics. <laughs>
1: Here we go.
2: Red and Stimpy.
3: Nice. uh, That
1: was Ren and Stimpy. uh, That was the Ren and Stimpy show and the Space Madness episode with the chicken pot pie and all that (laughs) stuff. I never laughed more in college than I did when I first (laughs) saw that. Here we go. This is number seven. (laughs) I wish you could see their faces. (laughs) Zoom? It's a spin-off
2: Electric Company?
1: It's a spin-off of 321 uh, Contact? No
2: <laughs>
1: Rhoda
3: That's the Rhoda theme song? What? That's, yep Sorry Valerie Harper
1: that's I don't think
2: I've ever heard
3: ass that ass in my life Theme song
1: There still. was another there's, there's another version where she <laughs> speaks over it But that's not this one <laughs> And apologies That was actually number 8 Not number 7 Here we go with number 9
0: Weeds The Elvis Costello the, I was going to say,
3: yeah, the Elvis Costello little version boxes,
1: And number Ten Night Rider Nice Alright, with our tenth question
3: I almost said Busta Rhymes because that's a sample <laughs> From the one Busta Rhymes song <laughs> We're
1: going to take a score break here with our tenth Quarter of the way through our game, Tara uh, six to Joe's. Three. All right. <laughs> My favorite little bit of Knight Rider stuff is Bloom County strip about Steve Dallas thinking Knight Rider was not a kids show uh-huh. and being told and just being really bummed out about that news.
2: <laughs> Number eleven. Joe doesn't know what Bloom County is. Yeah, sure he does. So young. Build I know cat, what it is. I don't know the specifics. Here like we go. Six. Taxi. Now swear hill street blues
3: nice yes that's exactly what it is right which i know primarily from the simpsons episode i got the because blues because i live on hill street <laughs> okay
2: mash game password dating
3: game.
1: No. Dating game is incorrect.
2: (laughs) What is it?
1: Whoops, sorry. Played, theme to one of our games in game time. That was from whatever dollar amount, Pyramid.
2: Oh, Oh, Pyramid.
1: All right. Here we go. Ready?
2: Yep.
3: Popeye. I see you pretending you've got a Scooby-Doo.
1: Correct, that was Scooby-Doo up. over the very loud clip.
2: Gunsmoke? Little House?
1: What was the first one you said? Gunsmoke. It was not Gunsmoke, it was not Little Bonanza.
2: House.
3: Bonanza. Highway to Heaven.
2: Ah, no. Not
1: highway to heaven. I'm calling it. That was the Waltons. Uh, the Waltons. You were on the right track though. With uh, yeah. yeah, yes. Cool. Spider Man. That was Spider Man, the 60s version of Spider Man.
0: It's
1: one of the better ones. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Wonder Woman. God. That was stuck
0: in my throat. In
1: tights, that was a really good one. That's a pretty fucking
0: funky theme song. Though. No,
3: they're not.
2: Jeff, shit. Shoot.
3: That
1: was. Thank you, Kim
2: Reed, for infusing your spirit in me to let me get that What was one.
1: the final? Kim Reed was doing a uh, Jefferson's recast. She on had Twitter. a really yeah, good did. one that I so, saw.
2: Okay, so her cable version was Don Cheadle and uh, I think Octavia Spencer? Maybe. As George and Wheezy? Yeah. And then it got into like if you did a race blind version. Yeah. So she had like Greg Fitzsimmons. <laughs> I forget who the lady was. Yeah. I suggested Julie White. Right. I and saw that. And then as the neighbors, great. it would be uh, Lenny Kravitz. And my suggestion was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's not bad. As the Willises. That's and not bad. And I contributed
1: uh, Cinnamon Toast and Crunch as the, uh, the white <laughs> guy, the landlord or whatever. <laughs> Bentley. He <was>. Yeah, Bentley. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Ready? Yep.
2: yep. I Love Lucy. Yes.
1: That was I Love Lucy. Okay, here we go. Number 20. Halfway.
3: Oh, shit.
2: What's happening? Good times. Albert. <laughs> Sanford and Son.
1: Ah. Uh, Sanford and Son. I know. Or as it Tara something knows. Something with yep.
2: black
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> as Tara knows it.
2: It's been so long. From
1: Scrubs. From yes. Futurama. The one that as soon as I hear it, I'll be humming it for about three weeks oh, after. Yeah, this so is, This is great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Score break. Uh, 10. 2. 7. All right.
2: Roseanne
1: Ro- yeah. Tara with Rosanne. Mm-hmm. Partridge,
2: Partridge Family.
1: Family. Shit. That was Partridge Family. Joe got that one, I believe.
2: Yep. The comes Happy the days. Nice.
1: Happy days in the middle. Inspector Gadget.
2: Gadget.
1: Joe, Inspector Gadget. city yeah that was sex in the city
2: mm-hmm. sesame street nice good god i am in this to win it, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Damn it. even in the middle of the saying something yeah, no, i got it. dave tried to fuck me <laughs> night court nice.
3: That.
1: <laughs> ah! What happened there?
2: Home improvement. What did
1: you start to say, Joe? Tool time. I started tool to say tool time. time. Oh no. Okay. Yep. This is question number 30. Okay. Laughing? You'll get it in a sec. Nice timpani though.
0: Hawaii. Hawaii
1: 5-0. 5-0. Oops, sorry. That was Hawaii 5 OTAR. Had it a millisecond for Joe. That's our thirtieth question, so let's get the score break here at our three-quarter waypoint. Tara, seventeen to Joe's. 10. All right, Joe, you still can't I need win to run. This. You got it. All right, are we ready?
2: Yeah. yeah. No disclosure. Nice. Yeah. South Park.
1: I'm very disappointed in both of you.
3: Manimal. Manix, One of those things. They're the right path. No, 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 oh, Na, so no.
1: Oh, it's not really bad. No, yeah, yeah, no points for that. No, yeah, I yeah. Jetsons. Joe with Jetsons.
2: News Radio. Yeah. Wow, that <laughs> took, a,
1: that took a, too it's long hard. for it's News Radio. My
2: hard. brain kept the
3: yelling s- mad about you at me.
2: synapses.
3: All right, here we go. Yeah. I was on the sign right night. Jeopardy! Was what was that, Joe?
1: Jeopardy. It was Jeopardy. The old, okay. old,
3: old uh, beginning part yes. of Jeopardy's
1: Jeopardy song. One uh, of to throw <laughs> off. Okay, so that was our 36th question. You both got to, uh, rather, there's four, four left. So score break here in our last stretch.
3: 20. Two. 12. All right, well, playing for pride, playing for pride.
1: All right, here we go. This is a tough one, guys.
2: Simpsons.
3: Nice. <laughs> when you said tough, you were not
2: being serious. Star Trek. Uh
1: huh. That was Star Trek, second to last.
3: Oh, fuck.
2: Oops. I know, I know it. Shit.
1: I'm gonna play this one until you get it, because you will get it, I think.
2: Can like picture things going by in the credits? Yeah, it's um. Portlandia. Yes, of course.
1: That was Portlandia. Yeah, yeah.
2: I really love. I the was about to Portlandia. say something on FX. Yeah, was close. Yeah,
1: I know it's just like farmed out to some company there, probably yeah. or whatever. But I don't know. No,
2: I bet it does the, it for I bet me. The, their director directed those credits.
1: And our last one, number forty.
2: baby Brave. Joe got that.
1: Joe with WKRP in Cincinnati. Let's get the score break, Tara. Uh,
2: 23.
1: Final score, Joe? 13. All right, so Tara wins it. Shits and giggles, are you ready? Sure. First one to shout out it gets shig- sh- shingles. Shingles? I don't want shingles. <laughs> <Get> shingles. <laughs> Can I get a different prize? Here in a penultimate episode, we're really uh, playing <laughs> tough. Pen-l-p-met? Penultimate? Penultimate. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Penultimate. Okay. Ready?
3: Yes. Benson. No. Ooh. Oh, um... Sopranos. Uh,
1: Sopranos course, is yeah. correct. Nice. All right. Congratulations. Tara. Well done, Tara.
3: <laughs> God, it's all for money. <laughs> Tara.
2: Tried to time it. <laughs> all right, guys.
1: Oh, that is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We discussed the Polarizing
2: Le- fifth
1: season premiere episode of Breaking Bad. Dave, that's me, wore his Glarkware shirt. Tiny triumph with pride, and Thirty Rock's double-edged sword was inducted into the extra hot great canon. We crowned winners and the losers of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's game time. So that means next week's game time will decide the season. God, you guys, I'm already so nervous. Hey, there's only one more episode, but it is not over yet. Remember.
2: We're listening. Ah.
1: I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano. Uh, capital knockers. (laughs) To read turkey (laughs) wraps. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right here next time on Extra Hot Great.
2: Have a nice trip, Lemon. Break out those underpants,
1: but be careful. Dating yourself is a double-edged sword. It means you also share the same flaws.
0: Well, that would only be a problem if I had any flaws.
1: Not only is your fly open, There's a pencil sticking out of it. (laughs)